Um, for a second, when you picked up that blue water bottle, everyone was drinking from a blue water bottle. Even though it does not look anything like it, I thought he was drinking Budweiser, and I was disgusted. That's because you're white trash. Look, you don't have to say it. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you? That's why your brain went there first. You're like, Will, the get drink out of, of my, my people. <laughs> get out get, get. Welcome to another episode of Unresolved Textual Tension. I am not your host, Maria, but I am the fill-in, Katie. And this is the mastermind behind the podcast. The ruggedly handsome William. The book we're doing today is The Cruel Prince by Holly Black, who is one of Katie's formative writers, right? You really loved the book Tithe, which we actually did an episode on. She was very influential upon the lower class Neil Gaiman crowd. So I actually hadn't realized it, but I had read a Holly Black book. Valiant is actually the one I had read, though I hadn't realized that oh, was the one. Oh, had you really? Yeah, and I remember thinking it was like really grungy and lyrically beautiful at the same time. Well, welcome to Holly Black. <laughs> well, this book I did not quite feel hit. It was not grungy beautiful. Right, yeah, this is going for a different thing. So the way we got here is that you know, I am hip and I am happening and I'm cool. I keep up with the Zoomers. So about six months ago, I heard, oh, The Cool Prince is a popular book on like book talk, right? And other platforms and like Goodreads. So I was like, okay, we should do it. And um, six to seven months later, here we are. We have finally done The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. I should insert here, Maria could not make it today because she did not finish the book. However, she did want mentioned that this is essentially a fairy version of Hanagiri Denga, which I would agree somewhat to. However, I thought I should insert that on her behalf. I was going to say, I, I'm not a nerd, so I don't know anime, but she had said it was something like it's a Japanese title. And not so. Just anime. It's a J drama and a K-drama, if I remember correctly. So it is a very popular series. Yes, I think it's called um, Boys Anna. Not Flowers or Flowers yeah. Not Boys. Flowers Not like- Boys. Yes, that's what it it was. But anyway, here we are now doing the hip happening books. Um, I definitely wanted Katie on this review because, you know, you had read Holly Black before and apparently I had too, but that was like 10 years ago. This book to me felt a bit like, um, and I don't know if we'll have released it by now, but the Murderbot books insofar as there was one main problem I had with the books. And if it wasn't there, I think I would have liked the book like 10 to 20% more. What is that? None of the Fae in this book are feel alien or strange. Yeah, they're just jerk humans i would agree that she tells doesn't show when it comes to the fae traditions she doesn't really like show it like she does in tithe and valiant and ironside which is the trilogy for that storyline although i will mention that i'm pretty sure Kay, which is our protagonist of tithe and ironside is mentioned in this story and rath roybin rye someone who is a wet piece of toast. <laughs> um, however, I will admit, whenever there's a third party person viewing him, he seems like a total badass. It could be also that she's developed like 15 years of being a writer to be able to, to be able to okay. better portray the character <laughs> okay. she originally wanted. Look, yeah, you know that I mean? is also a more technical view of it rather <laughs> than just like a stylistic view. She seems to have a very big penchant 
for referencing other characters so they are all in the same universe, which I personally appreciate when done right. I mean, when done wrong for anything, it sucks. But in general, I guess I should say I like that tactic. It's a little gimmicky sometimes, but I think she does it very well in this book. I think the issue I had was more that, A, I don't think this should have been in Fairyland. And B, I don't think that you necessarily get anything out of it being like a secret modern world. Where like No, you don't. I don't think it was supposed to be a focus, though, in this. Which, But I understand what you're saying as far as what does it do for the book? Nothing. Uh, the only thing it does for it is it puts us in a time period so we understand what type of technology and what era it is. I don't necessarily know that she gets any dividends from it, but I don't really think it hurts the book either. Overall, I felt like the book was strongly written. So like Holly Black is quite a good writer and it's extremely readable and it didn't have a lot of the issues where I ended up hating all the characters by the end like I had in some of our other books. But again, the, the fact that the fake do not act strange or alien and really just act like socialized jerks a bunch of the time it's kind of a fundamental problem with the book i would have liked this book so much better if the fae had just been a different culture of humans and then my other issue is that i never quite like the book works but i never quite felt super strongly about it and i felt like some of the more interesting character dynamics could have been explored more um, but it does talk about them more than most of the books we've read. So like, I would put this as a higher end book, but not necessarily one that I loved. Literally exactly the same review, um, <laughs> especially in the beginning in particular. It was very fast, which is fine. And I actually in some ways enjoyed that as in like the uh, prologue in a sense to our main character's history, how she gets into the position that she's in. It's a little rough around the edges. I felt like it was a first draft in that area. Um, but then it entranced me and there were very nice details and then we had some pretty cool characters. But just as Will said, it's lacking in some meat and potatoes of the Fey world that we get in some of Holly Black's other novels. And I don't know what the timeline is for published dates or when she wrote these, but it seems almost as if Tithe in this book were written around the same time, same skill level. And then I almost feel like in Valiant and even maybe even Ironside, she has evolved into a different, or maybe it was a different time period that she felt more in control of her narrative. But regardless, those are definitely stronger books over this book and that book. However, I will say I read this book in under 24 hours. I read it in 12 hours. And it was, uh, I was hungry for it, mostly because our main character was making choices that I was interested in. But there, that's my overview. I agree with that. It's extremely readable. I think the other thing that doesn't help the book is that it's in first person, which is the viewpoint where the character's voice most comes through and the main character's voice I'm already blanking on her name, uh, Jude. No, I think she had a very, very distinct thought process, but I don't think she had a very distinct voice in the narration style. And also it kind of doesn't lend itself well to the strangeness that a fey world should have. It's just very pedestrian, I felt like her voice. So you don't get a lot from it. I would argue that somewhat, but I get what you're saying. There were certain dialogue and there was certain exchanges that didn't feel as though they were something other than what we're familiar to, which would have been a very great aspect to add. But I will admit that level of writing 
requires a certain level of creativity that I'm not sure that Holly Black in this book could have achieved based off what she did achieve. And, oh, I see Will making a face. Yes, Will, uh, what do you well, want to no, say? No, what I wanted to ask you is how many Holly Black books have you read? Not many. Only a White Cat, which I never finished. I read Tithe, Ironside, Valiant, of course. And then this book. I have not read that many. Oh, and a Doctor Who anthology piece with her and Neil Gaiman. Okay, because that's what I was wondering. So, like, does, do the Fae aspects work better in Tithe? Because I remember in yes. Valiant, one of the things that I absolutely loved was, like, one of the characters having to try to create a spell. And they had they used, like, this flowery language. And they had to find things in the real world that matched them. So it was, like, a tissue or something like that was, like, I, I don't remember. But it was just, it was a really wonderful way. It of, was something to do with tears. Yes, it was something like that. And I always just remember that sticking with me. And I remember thinking that was such a cool world building thing. First of all, that entire series has amazing world building. What I wanted to get back to is Valiant. One of my favorite parts of that book is the fact that there's a main antagonist, spoilers, it's this like sheep woman who as a side hobby likes collecting the hairs of her over partners and she collects those hairs and on a harp and when you pluck it they sing their story in poetry form of how she killed them and that is so cool yeah that is such a dope world building thing i don't yes. think anything in this book quite reaches that it does not even remotely that's what i would say you're right it is pedestrian in comparison to her other accomplishments but what i will say is you can tell she is a spark and it's fun to figure out what's going to happen next. Because in the end, there is a slight little plot twist. I think the plot in general is actually quite strong in terms yes. of the pace of it, structure yes. of it. The character growth is actually also pretty good. Like, she's a very solid writer in that respect. I know, isn't she? I have literally based off all of my wishes for myself based off her and Neil Gaiman. But more her, honestly, because I like how accessible her language is to younger people. Let's go ahead and hit off the plot and we'll talk about it as we go. So how does this book start? As a reference to what I said earlier, it's very fast and it's very, um, it drops you in it with very, very little preparation. You are instantly in the scene. It's very, it almost seems uh movie based you know so there's this a certain problem that many early writers have when they write in um like for example me even um when i took my first creative writing class people accidentally create novels that mimic movie points and they are not satisfactory in books and so it almost feels like that in the first chapter um but it does an okay job so we're brought in. There is our protagonist who's sleeping. <laughs> Poor thing. And her twin sister who is awake. And then her older sister who is watching TV. And we're brought... Yes, William, I see you wanting to talk. The main character is Jude. Her twin sister is... I forget her name. And then she has like a fae sister who's called Vivian. Who has like tuft ears. Like little cat ears and a tail of some sort. And she always sticks out among normal humans. Which at this point I'm like, what kind of world are we living in? where cat ears on a person is even remotely acceptable. And that's never explained. So that kind of irks me. But nonetheless, that's a very tiny detail. They're all in a house, kind of seems like a lower income household. They're watching television, cartoons, cereal for breakfast, doesn't have much else going on. That sounds like a normal household, but the way it's painted is very specific. Her mother answers the door 
poo-poo to her. It's because it would not have been a very good choice. And it wasn't. She answers the door and her ex-husband, technically still husband, who is a red cap. And for those who don't know what red caps are, they're fae that dip their hats into the blood of their kills. So that way they're always nice and moist with blood. But he's not uh, described as small like in uh, Holly Black's other books. He's this huge, super like, I'm imagining like berserk type uh guts type he's like the red cap boss like Like, you've been fighting the red cups and now it's the boss level exactly and that's literally what it feels like anyway he's like bro to his wife i thought you were fucking dead and she's like freaked out and he's like so you did run away with this blacksmith man that I also liked and you guys fucked and had two children and you left me and pretended you were dead in the cinders of our old home. And of course she's like, duh. Whoa, that was a lot of info dumping all at once. (laughs) And then all of us. Yeah. Right. That's what I felt as well, which is part of my criticism. But anyway, and then she goes to run and he, which actually this fits in, in a weird way. He suddenly is urged to stab her. And she is brutally murdered in front of her daughters. And then their father runs out, the father of not Vivian, who is our fae daughter between this human mother and the uh, the red cap, um, Mardok. Two children are, uh, are also there who are human between the blacksmith and, you know, human lady that doesn't matter at all in the book. And <laughs> she doesn't. She provides nothing. So anyway, after she is dead, the blacksmith charges our red cap and is also brutally murdered in front of his children. And all three children are whisked away by the blood cap, Mardok, to the fairy realm. It's because he feels a responsibility to his murdered wife's progeny. And here we are uh, after that's chapter one, pretty much. Um, and we're getting into Jude's life. Very religious name for a fairy. I kept thinking, honestly, of the Beatles. Like, that's where my went. Hey, Jude, you know that song? That's where my brain went with it. Okay, so everyone that is watching this i want you to know that after we get through this plot in another alternate fan fiction world jude would have been a weirdly religious person who's like persecuting all of the fae in the name of god and it's like that chick from berserk i can't think of her name but she's like the weird one that like gets possessed towards the beginning the status quo that's set up is that jude and her twin sister and vivian have been living with Martok. It's not Martok. What the fuck is her? It's Martok. But what Marduk. the fuck is her twin sister's name? Karen? Uh, yeah, actually. Karen, I think right? you might be right. right. But I don't care about her whatsoever. She's a little jerk. She should not have been in the book. She She's not interesting. She doesn't provide really an interesting contrast. And I feel like the relationship between Jude and Vivian could have been so much more interesting if Taryn wasn't around. 100%. One of my big arguments for this book is that I would have loved to see... M- the growing up of Jude and Vivian and how that could have changed. Them. Yes. Uh, Taryn is a complete waste of time. She's a jerk. She is the reason this is like Hannah Yuridango, in my opinion. And it's superfluous. It could have been better handled. Yeah, she could be included. Um, but the problem here in a summarization before we get into anything else is that she does nothing. So what is the point of her? Yeah, she does nothing. Um, there's some drama stuff later that could be cut out of the book without like there's a whole plot line drama with her um that i just don't feel like actually goes anywhere or adds anything to the fun finale it doesn't whatsoever could just be exercised and i don't think it would even really do anything but so jude has been growing up in fairy alongside vivian and with taryn and the thing about it is that jude is 
considered, you know, the adopted daughter of March Mar- Mar- Mardock. So she is given a certain amount of protection, but she's still a second class citizen in Fae. One hundred percent, and she attends a school for Fae, which I think Already. is a little ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah. Already I hate it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's just, it's a little, what did you say before the word starts with a P? Pedestrian. Yes, it's a little pedestrian. I've seen it. I've tasted it. I've smelled it. I've watched it. I've felt it. I don't need this again. However, nonetheless, it basically feels like Harry Potter. Yeah, very much so. Jude and Taryn both attend. Vivian does not attend because she's, quote, a rebel. Unquote. I want you to know those listeners that happen to not be looking. Um, I put air quotes. It's because <laughs> she is, she needs so much more structure in the narrative, but nevertheless. Anyway, they attend this school and there is a group of what I like to call the evil boy band. No, but yes. Okay. Okay. Why don't we just say the popular kids? It's an evil boy band. It is an evil boy band. I mean, there's a girl in there, but it's an evil boy band. We have a female fae we don't need the name of. She's sea-themed. We have our prince. Uh, What is his name again? Darvand? It's not Darvand. Um, not even remotely. It's Darman. It's Are you thinking of Darvan as in the YouTube silliness? Sensation? Okay, all of our listeners, if you don't know who Darman is, it's for the better. Please don't search it's for him. It's hilarious. The Cruel Prince. Uh, we're just going to call him because I can't remember yeah, his name. Yeah, the Cruel Prince. I, What's hilarious matter. is like, they're not weird names. I just don't remember any of them. Point is, Cruel Prince. He's the quote-unquote leader he's not really a leader of course he's just the richest kid essentially he's kind of a sociopath he um bullies jude in a way that you obviously know he likes her (laughs) am i incorrect (laughs) literally from minute one you're like okay i see now how everything he's doing could be seen as he likes her but doesn't want to admit it flirtation in a sociopathic way and or he's trying to protect her secretly oh my god just like the cliche unhealthy type of thing so he's there chicks there there's another dude that's pretty like murderous uh towards jude later on i mean it's the pretty classic five-man band there's the leader the girl the smart one and the brute usually there's a, a another one but in this case there's those well we have fox man we have very anime styled fox man and he is a player um he is a definite like I'm pretty sure he's he has such Japanese anime vibes that I'm pretty sure she based him off of essentially the um Tengu. It's not no, a Tengu, it's Tengu a is a crow. Kitsune. Whatever. God. <laughs> and here's the thing about these bo- this evil boy band is that this and the school is when the book starts feeling like, oh, these are not strange fake creatures. These are not the Stark from like Spinning Silver, um, which we talked about at the time. Like they felt weird and alien and like they're physics were different they couldn't tell lies because to say a thing was to make it real so like in that book for example the main character at one point um tells the king of fairy she's going to make all the silver in his gold in his uh treasury into gold and she does this by getting rid of a bunch of the silver and he is actually really pleased when he finds this out because she did it she said a thing and did it and she's like do we still have time to go to the dance and he's like i made an oath that you would, we would go to the dance if you were able to do this thing there is all the time in the world now because like 
physically their physics were different it was like a literal world or it was a figurative world instead of our literal world once it was accomplished it was then entered into a realm of possibilities that were promised previously that is not his book (laughs) this book's fey are very pedestrian they don't feel changeable and like mercurial they just feel jerky yes 100 with the jerky vibe but also i mean they're just prejudiced and jude is a human and so she is prejudiced upon i would argue though with the point that they are not whimsical or what's the word i want to say capricious capricious thank you they are definitely that they're just doing it in very selfish sort of very pedestrian descriptive ways yeah i mean i think the thing is it's within the constraints of human behavior that they are this way yeah it's like it's really like they were just socialized in a society where you get to be a little capricious and yes. treat humans like shit. We've already introduced Mardok, um, Jude's stepfather. And they're kind of essentially, you want to imagine, noble people. They are friends of the king. Mardok is the head general. It's because he's super violent and can kill awesome. I guess that makes sense for a red cap. It actually does. It's a pretty cool thing. I like that. Jude has come to grudgingly love Mardok. And yes, Will. No, I was going to say, that's my other big issue with the book. In general, she has settled into, I don't want to escape from fairy. I want to belong here. And that goes for Mardok as well. And the thing is that the book is not unaware that he killed her mother. No. But here's the thing is, it's more like the book treats it like he stole her from her mother and she's never quite gotten over that. But the book never seems to really realize that like he straight up murdered her mother and father and Jude kind of seems to forget that or not feel it. I felt like there should have been more depth of, of that. I would argue that what she did is fine. It supports the character growth and it is perfectly fine. However, upon a preference... And how artistic-y we can get and how into character depth we can get. I think, yes, it could have grown beyond that. I agree with that. I think it works for the novel. I just would have liked to see more. Oh, 100%. I think it goes over the mother's death well enough. You know, it's kind of excused that Marduk has been an incredibly loving father to them. He loved their mother truly deeply, but he had been betrayed, which he could not forgive. And so being the creature that he is, which honestly, as I previously said to Will, Marduk is the best incarnation of Fae and their capriciousness and their strangely creative adherence to what their nature is supposed to be. Despite whatever they truly want, They he always adheres to what he is as a creature, which I really liked. That's like a whole theme within the book that doesn't actually come together very well. It's addressed between the mother and him quite a bit, but you are right. The father is just poorly forgotten for the love of God. And at one point, Mardok gives Jude a sword forged by her father. And it is not nearly delved deeply into enough for that to really feel the weight that it should. Yeah. And the thing is, there's not really a great reason for him to have killed her mother. It's not like by the rules of fairy, a marriage is a more serious thing than it would be between humans. Like it's an actual melding of identity and her leaving him is part a literal part of himself being ripped away or always held apart. Like that would have been a more understandable reason. In this case, it was just kind of like, oops, I aggroed a little too hard on the mob. Actually, it does get portrayed that way. However, I could <laughs> believe that just by running away with this human blacksmith dude and burning down his house and taking Leah's child, I could believe the fact that he would kill her. However, Will's right. It is portrayed as like 
whoops, I rage quit. <laughs> yeah, like- it's like, it's just not quite there. Again, there's a certain depth that I would have liked from this book that's not there. So nonetheless, Jude and Taryn uh, attend this school and slowly but surely, the bullying from them gets very, very, very bad. And the whole thing is, is that Taryn and Jude do not partake in fairy food and such that is charmed or whatever, right? They specifically do not partake so that way they cannot be taken advantage of. And um, in addition to their father, Mordok, they also have a stepmother. Her name escapes me at the moment. Oliana? Yeah, you're kind of right with oh, that. Oh, something. She's actually winds up being pretty cool. She's negligible. Just ignore her for now. Honestly, she's not going to come up a lot, but she does come up a lot in the story. She kind of seems painted as the evil stepmother at first or the like vaguely passive aggressive stepmother, but she actually winds up being a pretty like basic but nice character. I liked how that was handled because she starts in the background and then she moves to the foreground and you go, oh, okay. The role I thought she was going to pl- be played and how she portrayed is not correct, even though I was given all the hints. And it was really, really well done. She has a child with who we think is Mardok, but later is revealed as someone else's child. His name is Oak. He's like a toddler and the whole family pretty much adores him, um, despite the fact that he seems like an annoying basic child. And anyway, <laughs> so uh Jude and her sister are attending school. Bullying's getting worse. And there's a reason for this. Jude, uh, by the way, wants to join a competition that's going to be happening so that she can become a knight and belong more in fairy. Because the big thing is that she really wants to belong there. Vivian, by contrast, the fairy uh, sister, does not. She is like, she is never forgiven her father for what he did. She wants to get out. She has a girlfriend in the real world. She goes visits there a lot that kind of a thing. And I wish that it had been explored more. These two children growing up, the human one learning to want to be more Fae and the Fae one not wanting to quite be like that. I would have liked if it was told more from Vivian's point of view and if the, the Fae were like strange sociopathic creatures of that were unsentimental. And like she tried to hang on to her sister even as more and more of her Fae persona and mercurialness and not necessarily caring about these inconstant creatures kind of came to the fore. I think that would have been like a really interesting conflict. I would have liked if the first half of the book was told from Vivian's perspective and the second half of the book told from Jude's. That's true. That could have been interesting. That being said, I do want to say I did like Jude's art. Jude's an amazing character, honestly. She's a really cool character. She could have been portrayed better, but her archetype is really nice to have as a main character. I think if this is this is second world fantasy where it's not Fae, it's just like the kingdom of Lore Lorian. I would have liked this book so much more. I would have been like, oh wow, this is really cool. She's taking charge. She's working in this other culture. Look, but that's a world building thing with around this character. This character has a lot of potential. Anyway, Jude is um this. I, I know she probably isn't supposed to be this, but I picture as this vaguely muscular um, because she is a swordswoman and she is really intense when it comes to sword play. I already hate that as a human she can keep up with Faye, but go ahead. I like that she can, but I would have preferred even more if she couldn't have and then had gotten her geos, which or geos, how do you say it? Yes, guess. 
Geis. It sounds like you're trying to pronounce a German word. G-E-A-S. We'll get to that in a second. But it would have been cool if then, when she could not be hurt by Faye, that like instigated the fact that she could therefore protect herself from Faye. Or she learned some ninja tools because she's going to learn some ninja tools later that I thought would have been a cool way of bringing her up to power level too. Yes, but she was um, she was not OP the whole time at all, even remotely. But she definitely, we didn't get to see that. But um, bum, but um, bum, but um, bum, this music interlude has bum, been brought to you bum, by bum. Audible. Audible, where you can listen to books. Do you not want to read them? Listen to them. We're not. We're, we're there's absolutely. no association between all. That's not an ad read that they would allow anyway. She's in a competition, right? But the thing about it is that evil prince boy band doesn't want her to join the p- competition because she's ugh, evil, like gross human. Ugh, you're dirt. Ugh. And um, her dad is like, look, you can do the competition, but I'm not going to necessarily let you be a knight of the king. You have to understand also, as a side note, that we have um, really old king dude who's in charge of all the fae, super, super king, like ultra mega king, um, because there are other quote unquote kings, but he's super mega ultra king. Hi, king. He has a lot of family, but essentially he has two sons and he has three sons and he has two daughters i think the point is is one of these sons is a bad guy and another son is not quite a bad guy but a slightly better guy and then one of the sisters dies and is completely pointless and another sister dies and is completely pointless and um and that's the royal family you know what's weird is that I was interested in this book as it went through, but I cannot always remember the plot well because there is a lot of plot. Yeah, there's a lot of plot. Basically, she, um, her sister, Taryn, the human one, like doesn't want to fight her way into being accepted in fairy society. She wants to marry her way into being into fairy society. And so we're introduced to Fox Sexy Man, um, who's flirting with both Taryn and Jude. But Jude doesn't realize that he's flirting with Taryn until the end of the book because he, she's kind of dumb. No, she is not. Okay, first of all, she's not dumb. It's because for a hot second, I did not think Taryn was dating him. And we don't need to know his name. It's fine. He's a piece of shit. Um, a, a piece of garbage. He's like essentially a kitsune and, and he has like whole mansion all by himself because his mom died because of a really big plot that comes up later that's super integral to the plot. And he plays both women because he's capricious. So that's also a good example of capriciousness among the Fae. He's like sold himself to Taryn and Taryn's like secretly keeping this little relationship between them not known by jude even though jude has told taryn multiple times how she's made out with this guy um taryn's kind of a garbage sister and i don't like her and she's not even remotely a likable character and she just feels like why is she in this book it's not like when jude finds out she was betrayed by fox guy and her sister she like is motivated into an action she otherwise wouldn't do she just is kind of mad and like then goes back to doing what she was doing before. So we really almost could just not talk about it and it changes nothing in the book. So there's a lot of where I'm going to pretty much just say in, in essence, there's a lot of school moments. Um, There's a scene that happens where the Fae force her to eat an apple that enchants her. And she starts doing things she doesn't actually want to do. It's very, very essentially a stand in for um, sexual assault. And, uh, 
she ends up being hurt horribly and almost dies. And there's a whole bunch of other instances of her being in these classrooms where horrible things happen and Taryn just pieces out and is like a complete, what's a really insulting term? In a non-judgmental sense, she just kind of doesn't want to react and make situations worse. But she doesn't want to make them better. Well, that's why I said non-judgmentally. So there's a lot of school scenes. We're going to go ahead and gloss over those. Um, but the point is, is Jude cottons on to this political plot that's happening. But it isn't until she has gone through this competition and realized, one, she's like more powerful than all the other Faye and physique. And that's just like, as Will said, is that supposed to be realistic? I don't, I I'm don't not like sure. It. it could be. It could be. Like, maybe the Faye are just so reliant on magic that they're just invalids. But I don't really think that's the truth. And so anyway, Jude bests them in this berserker mode. And honestly, I'm total, actually totally there for it. I mean, just think of Guts from Berserk and how he's human, but he overcomes the impossible with hellish creatures. I could buy into that. He has the berserk armor. And also, the, that, Not until later. that's a different kind of world. So what? what's wrong with this world? We don't know if there are berserkers. So the thing about it is that berserk is an anime or a manga, and it kind of functions by the logic of one in that it's not super realistic as they... Uh, I forget the term, but basically some people can have superhuman strength in that just by being like working hard at it and being motivated. I think Jude could. Look, honey, you're a dango. I think she took inspiration from it. If she didn't, cool enough. But I look, I'm telling you, she's going by those logic. I think the tone of the book is more realistic than berserk and that's one of the reasons that it doesn't really work that well is that it's not clear that the fey are superhumanly fast or strong it's just like and then we tussled some yes that's true everyone so that is a criticism nevertheless so anyway <laughs> she um she at first lays low it's because she was essentially told not to like be her best and um she ends up being her best and she catches some people's attention including this man named dane or i shouldn't say man Faye named dane which is one of the royal sons and he's like yo be my spy for me and we'll be like pretty awesome because i'll give you a wish and she's like super clever and super cool actually she's just pragmatic <laughs> and she's like i just don't want to be forced into following directions from Faye. and he's like you got it i'll give you this g-e-a-s that i don't know how to sw- spell um <laughs> guys yeah i'm gonna and, just keep uh, not knowing how to pronounce it <laughs> yes and so uh she has that now and she does not have to necessarily obey all the rules of Faye, except his Danes. And so you're like, okay, like, is Dane going to be an, end up being a bad guy or something? Is uh, what's going to happen? And so she comes into his service. She meets the spies of like his spy group. That's like uh, essentially, what is it called? Impossible, uh, Mission Impossible. They call it the Shadow Council, though. It's Mission Impossible group. The thing about the guys is that I didn't talk about this quite when I should have, but whatever, is that there could have been a more interesting story here, I think, about the kind of cultural clash between a mortal and and a fairy and one million percent and like you know there's actually it kind of touches on some interesting issues of like code switching and like what are the little ways she can adapt to to live in fey among all these sharks essentially a few things are touched on like the salt thing is a good example um she also wears like gooseberries and her socks backwards no 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 she wears rowan berries and she wears her stockings inside out so she never gets lost um the rowan berries keeps her from following uh fairy charm and the stockings again never lost and salt uh, she could eat or something to expel fairy magic. 
So all of these are here. But you know what? Side note, everyone. Um, if you watched our Tithe video, Iron also does a pretty big punch to the Fae. Why wouldn't Jude take a little visit over to the human world and get herself a huge steel sword and be like, guts? Okay, so first of all, because it's a different tone book and she can't list the giant huge sword. But that's what I'm talking about. Like, why isn't there more interplay between like, oh, hey, I can use an MP3 and you can't. Okay, Holly Black, for the love of God, have your uh, have your characters go to the human world, get AK-47s and full-on, like, shotguns uh, with bird shot and everything, and just have them, like, be like, and just, like, take out all of the Fae. I mean... There's a weird amount of, like, I feel like this book would be stronger even if she wanted to keep the Fae of this not being in mortal times. Faye, like or they couldn't travel or they couldn't travel between the worlds that could have been an easy explanation there isn't enough made of the fact that she can lie like a couple of the face say like oh it's kind of weird that you can lie but like they fully understand the concept of lying i would have thought it would be so much more interesting if like the fate fundamentally can't quite understand what lying is and they don't really understand how she can do it and so she could kind of even as an outsider use some of her humanness to try to get ahead. That's 40% of what it could be realized as. Will's right, it could be increased upon, but it is there, it is existent. A little bit. Yes, a little bit. But nonetheless, plot, back to plot. Judah's pretty flipping well at the tournament. Um, I'm kind of a Jude stan. I thought she was a well-sketched out character, though I never super rooted for her on like a visceral level. I rooted for her, but she could have been, oh God, she, the thing is, is she could have been an amazing character. She was unique in her archetype as a main character. And I wanted that to be totally fulfilled. Um, you don't get a lot of main characters that are the brute type and Jude is a brute. It's interesting in that she wants things and work to works towards things and that's sort of almost unusual in a main character in certain yeah. ways and that she's willing to go to lengths to get them done and especially the way that her arc grows throughout the book i actually quite liked again i don't know it never quite hit i didn't love this book but i did think it was good but anyway she's trained up to be like a spy person by the shadow council of mission impossible tom cruise she keeps going through the tournament and also kind of screwing with the evil prince when he tries to be like tough against her, her sister Vivian wants her and Taryn to move back to the real world with her and like stay with her and her girlfriend and they'll just leave there and forget about Fairy. But the thing is that- Jude and Taryn can't adapt. Yeah, they can't adapt back. They want to be part of Fairy. They want to be part of how beautiful it is. And I would have liked if again, that had been explored more if Fairy really was strange and beautiful and like mind bending instead of just like a pleasant green lawn. Oh, and the people there are, are like they're not even again they're not even described as like inhumanly beautiful beyond your understanding it's no just they like, are they're described as inhumanly beautiful but they are not as entrancing as they should be like you unbiddingly love them like that would be very well inserted but it does happen but you could also argue jude and taryn have the wards that they do have against fairy charm so they do see the ugliness so it doesn't make sense that they would wouldn't want to leave well okay so there's a way to play it the other way to play it is that the fairy are super cool and magical and unique but jude and taryn are just kind of over it in the same way that like one of my favorite uh, video games is called the wolf among us best game ever it's so good and in that one it's like you know the big bad wolf 
wolf is like the sheriff of the town, but it's a, it's it's that mix of fairy tale and grunge that was really cool about what you guys said about Tithe and about Valiant. There's a certain extent to which it's like whatever the drama of this moment is done, the magic is done. There could be an extent to which like it's sort of like um if Cthulhu rose from the waves and Jude just took like a selfie with it, like she could have that kind of an attitude towards the Fae of like okay, I'm kind of done with your guys's bullshit on this. Like it doesn't impress me anymore. I would have loved that. Yeah, but the thing is, it needed to start there and move to there and then that could have been like interesting in its own way what if jude evolved to a sword but originally she was just like come on and then she's just like you <laughs> know the, she barely fights anyone in the book no she fights a whole bunch of people she fights like three people in the book okay look i wanted jude to be a brawler like um like v from uh, arcane and i wanted her to like be like yo bro what's up and then just like kick ass and like is super vaguely masculine. Katie has some sapphic tendencies that I think are coming to the front for. And right then now. I wanted her to evolve into the swordswoman where it's like, bro, like, like Gideon. I was about to say, that's why you liked that book so much. Oh God, Gideon's. That is a very good book. I want to be Gideon. But anyway, um. Okay. So basically all of that stuff happens. And then in the second half of the book picks up a lot. Because what happens is it's going to be the coronation of the new king who um, is the guy that Jude has been working for it. And so she she has been promised, hey, yo, take this job as my spy and I will make sure you're safe. And Jude's like, deal. Like, that's all I've ever wanted is to not be at everyone's mercy. And Dane goes to take the crown. And in a very fun series of horrible betrayals, please, William, take us through all the deaths. I don't remember all of them. It's the Red Wedding. It's the Red Wedding. Boy band Evil Prince has an older brother who's like more bad than him, who you've heard about. Basically, he kills Dane. He kills the High King. And he's going to crown himself like the new king of fairy. And a whole bunch of, of his sisters kill themselves or are killed in some way. It's because everyone just apparently is going to die. Yeah, he apparently just wanted like power. But the thing about it is to become high king of the fairy, whatever, you have to be crowned by a family member of the blood. But he kind of killed all of them except for boy band prince. And so, this, by the way, boy band prince is the cruel prince of the title. Jude is like stunned by this because the person who betrayed the high king to so that this new evil prince could become king is actually Mardok. Well, apparently is just like this really ruthless, like power hungry person, which I was not exactly expecting. He seemed kind of like content with his life. The way it's explained and this kind of works is that the old king is old and so they haven't been to war a lot. And Mardok's whole thing is war. That is his nature. That is what he is about. And so what's the point of him if he doesn't, if he can't go to war? And so, and then we figure out there's also some political matter nations going under the surface but jude is shocked by this whole thing and basically she finds boy band prince drunk and like kind of not paying attention while his whole family was murdered and he is the only family member left so he is of key importance she uh essentially snatches him up underneath a table and is like crawl under the tables with me let's escape and then they get out of there and then she holds him hostage 
and brings her him to the spy quarters and the spies are like what are we supposed to do with this guy um also this is the beginning of finding out that boy band guy was actually just kind of a dumb nerd um which i is one of my favorite <laughs> revelations is he's not really tough or cool he's just kind of lame and funny sometimes he's just rich because he's royal yeah and we find out that like he actually just super was into her and she's realizing that she like is physically into him but also he's super grossed out that she's a human and he's into her um which is also just very funny it was interesting because it's not the kind of enemies to lovers trope that i expected because he's sort of maybe it's just me but to me he's kind of a pathetic figure he's 100 pathetic so as a romantic lead i was like that's an interesting choice to make and not just that but it turns its head at the end as well, and there is no romance. There's tension, but there's no romance. That's true. There's sexual tension, but that can be in any relationship. There is not trust, and therefore not a true romantic, true trustful relationship. And so the journey that Jude is going on throughout this whole thing is a character arc of learning that, like... To what extent will she go to in order to accomplish her goal? Exactly. Like, how willing is she to commit to this world and do the things she needs? The other part is that up until this point, there has been some talk of how like there are human slaves, essentially, in the society. And she doesn't like it. I do not feel like this was built up correctly. Nope, not even remotely. There's like this whole thing before the feast about how she like frees one of the humans. And it's a really tense escape experience because she just couldn't leave this woman behind. And then this woman is suicidal because she can't handle the shock of what's happened to her because it's pretty. Uh, I mean, it's like essentially taking a trip to hell and back. Yeah, because this whole time she's been like glamored to think this whole thing is like uh, a more normal thing and now she's waking up from a horrible nightmare and she doesn't want to live with it and i think the author put this in because it makes jude a more sympathetic character and you're able to root for her like okay do what you got to by whatever means you need she's to because... selfless she's trying to rescue humans but it was completely misplaced yeah it's a weird sequence and the thing is before this she didn't super care and so i would have liked again to see i talk about this almost every time i would have loved to see more of like a you know, I am a marginalized person in a, in a majority group. I don't want to be associated with other marginalized people. So maybe in my head, I don't, I, I kind of disdain these humans. And then she grows to like not, or, or to care about them more. That's what I thought was going to happen because towards the beginning, everyone, she goes to the mall. Jude and Taryn don't give two flying Fs about any humans whatsoever. And that totally makes sense in a certain way. To pull back the reveal a little bit. Jude has left boy band Prince um, cat like with with the spy people being like, look, I'm going to go back to my house, figure out what's up and then come back with a plan. Yeah, and so Ocean's Eleven waits for them while she goes back to Mardok's house. Right. And so the thing is, the easiest thing to do would be to give him to his older brother and she could get the reward of being like a knight of fairy now or she could be raised up. She could acquire a position of power she would never have had access to otherwise. And so like that is a temptation for her but she decides like no i don't want to do that he's a bad guy he would be bad for fairy so she goes back home and what she finds out essentially through like some other spy stuff that happens or whatever is that her stepmother olian oriana her son um robin oak um <laughs> was actually <laughs> the son of uh has royal blood in him but was hidden away he was cut out of his mother after she died rewind real quick oriana is not his mother is not oak's mother oriana is a surrogate mother because oak's original mother had been assassinated and um his father was actually the old king and so oak is actually a you know an inheritor of the line 
And this all plays into the Kitsune dude's history, but go read it if you want to know it. It's not that important. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry I'm not going to summarize it, but it's just like a little much. Basically, so what happens, she realizes is like, oh, okay, I have two keys then. I have two people who can crown somebody else. So she goes back. The plan was for Marduk is that he knew this. So he was going to have boy band prince crown Oak instead of evil guy so that he could rule through Oak and make fairy great again. Jude is like, this is a terrible idea. That means, you know, boy kings do not do well and he would be under his power and that would be terrible for him. And she loves Oak and that's not built up as well as it could be, but she did leave breadcrumb trails to that love. And it does make some sense, not a lot of sense, but some sense that Jude cares about this. It reasonably makes sense. And the other thing is that like now she kind of like wants humans to be treated well by the courts, which again is not super. Well, it's a criticism. Go on. Yeah, it's not super well laid out. But anyway, so basically she goes back to boy band Prince and is like, look, you can fuck off and be on your own if you swear yourself to me for one year and one uh, yeah one year and do whatever i say and that's like a fairy oath so he has to do what she says and he's like okay chill cool i'll do that um because he thinks what's going to happen is that she is going to crown oak as um the high king there's this whole complicated party that happens and plan and basically the important part is that she confronts marduk because marduk realizes that her plan is not to crown oak and they have pretty fun duel they have a pretty fun duel and again this is the part where it's like there is a certain amount of nice there's a nice energy between like you're my father but i don't agree with you but it doesn't feel like you're my father but you murdered my mother like i uh, just i get that a little bit i will say it comes through a little bit will's right it definitely could be better dramatized but it does come through and better yet is that it's shown that jude is not the knight she wanted to be she is a spy she uses poison and she poisons her blade in order to put her father uh not real father obviously Mardok, into a slumber so that way she can um take advantage of the moment and i thought that was quite niche i like it it was lush it was beautiful it was awesome holly black you will never see this Congratulations. I do think that was a nice moment. I thought it wasn't that her blade was poisoned. I thought it was that she gave him poison earlier. No, she had poisoned her blade. And so basically what happens is that she has the boy band prince like, okay, Oak's coming up. He's got the crown. Boy band prince thinks, okay, I'm going to crown him. And she says to the boy band prince, kneel and don't get up. And he has to do what she says because he pledged himself to her. Yeah. And so she has Oak crown him it's so cute because oak doesn't understand what he's going on he's like seven and he in like mentality regardless of how old he truly is but i'm pretty sure he's also just seven he was like is this okay did i do it right and he like is trying to recite the lines that are proper to crown uh boy band prince and it's just super cute and honestly in that moment i loved Oak. Yeah, he is a cute character. Again, he's not really built up enough. But so her plan is basically that he is actually going to go off and live in the human world with Vivian while she stays in the fairy one where she is better suited 
to like figure politics out and make it so that in 10 years when he comes back and has a more favorable view of humans because he grew up among them he can become high king and boy band prince is pissed about this oh that's an understatement like he feels absolutely betrayed which honestly get over yourself like it's fine <laughs> like jude is literally his sworn knight like i mean honestly she is the uh puppet master behind the strings as it were and uh, she's become her, like, did you notice? Well, she's become her father. Again, her growth is actually kind of cool. Seeing her arc go from going to like, how far am I willing to go to get the things that I want? She was willing and it was cool to see it, but it would have been cooler if it were longer, honestly. This is one of the few books where I'd say longer is better. Basically, we see that her plan succeeded and Boy Band Prince is like pissed and he's like, okay, look, I'll be king, but you got to rule. You got to do all the work. And uh, in a year, I'm done with this whole thing where I have to serve you and shit's going to get real. That's more or less the end of the book. I feel like it's an okay book, but again, there's. I would like it so much more if there wasn't the fairy part because my brain wouldn't keep going, well, wouldn't it be more interesting if the fairies were like this? Again, if this was just a second world fantasy- Oh yeah, actually, that's a wonderful point. That's a wonderful point. This would make so much better a novel- Without the fairy aspect. So much so, and I would have been so like, oh, okay, I like Jude, I like her growth. I love those driven characters. Yeah, like as if she were like a, a political hostage. Yeah, or a, a ward or a, a squire's daughter or something like that, yeah. Like seriously, almost like if any of you have read Tamora Pierce's woman who like rides like a man or whatever it is. It's so good. And this in that setting would have been too much like the original. Like, not really. Um, listen, everyone, in summarization, this is a fun, low-key political drama. This is a fun, in general, character growth little plot. It is not the best representation of the Fae and Fairies within even Holly Block's Holly Black's universe or others. But it's totally worth the read on a beach. I agree. I mean, again, I think it's very readable. Um, I did not miss my time reading it. I don't think I'm going to read the sequel because I just don't really care what happens. I will definitely probably read it at some point, but I don't know. I'm not like, I need it now. That's the thing about it, I think, is that it's a quite a good book, but it's not a great book. It's almost a little lazy, I feel like. Like, it feels like she's coasting almost. Yes, um, I would 100% Right, like, that's kind of how I feel about it. Valiant feels like a story. I really actually want to reread Valiant now when you guys do it, because I hadn't remember, I hadn't realized that was the one of hers I'd read. It's really good. I don't think First Person is Holly Black's strongest voice, and I think that mix of lyrical and grunge she's able to do really beautifully but this book actually doesn't do either. <laughs> it's not grungy or lyrical. I think she does Faye the best when the main character is human in the human world with a dab of Faye. Yeah, I think those are our closing feelings really about The Cruel Prince. It's a good book, but it's not a great book. Uh, did you guys read it though? Because I did hear that this was a very popular book. And yeah, I would really love to hear other people's feelings about it because... It's what I want. Not fully, but it's like, okay, look, we all have a spectrum of what we want from a novel. And this fulfills my medium level spectrum. Like I liked it. I read it in under 24 hours. I read it in 12 hours. I read it even under that. And I wanted to eat it up because it was fun. And honestly, I guess fast paced, but it is definitely not like 
the work of art it could be. I think maybe she just decided to capitalize on the whole Akut Akatar craze, which, you know, yes. we'll, at some point we're probably going to have to engage with, which will be fun. Let us know in the comments if you've read this book, if you think, if have you read any books where you felt like fairies were portrayed in a really cool alien way? besides um, Spinning Silver, which is the one that Maria really liked. And I, I do think that book really handled the fame much better. 100%. We will talk to you all later. Later.